1: Watch out, brothers and sisters. This is Reverend Dr. Nina Anakweku coming to you live on Galaxy Talk Radio at uh, t 25 Uh This is The Mothership. And we we have an open mic tonight because we're going to have a friend who calling in who uh, are very interested in some of the things that we have been discussing on uh, The Mothership as well as some of the other shows that are uh, uh, presented here by... Uh, Ooh boy, the entertainment center uh, here—the mothership. uh, Who else is on, uh, Chief? Hello. Gregory just came in, and the young lady that was. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's, uh, you know, we're gonna open it up. I'm on to uh, Gregory. Thank you for coming on, brother. Appreciate you again. All right, and so uh, Melanie, you want to? Uh, some regular people. This is Gregory, and this is the chief uh, brother Andre Ward, who is the executive director and president of T uh, 25 CL Entertainment. So uh, okay. I'll, I'll let him tell you a little bit about the entertainment process here, and then you can come in and and give us a brief spiel on on who you are and what you expect. Okay. All right. So, Sounds chief. Good. Thank you. Chief, would you explain to the new people uh, what T25CL is all about? Are you guys hearing the Chief, all right?
2: I am not.
1: Chief, for whatever reason, you're fading out. For the volume of- what about now? How's it
2: sound? Okay, that's better now. Go ahead. I'm okay. still finding it very weak.
1: Okay. What about now? What about now? That was better. Yeah, now okay. you're yeah, you coming in loud
3: and clear. All right, I'm right up on the microphone. No, okay. Torch, you're okay. I mean, what we've simply done. And also the Kev Chess Choice concert, but what we're really proud of is uh, United We Stand, and we have the 24 7 uh, music radio station. That's a short side of uh, uh, distributors, independent artists, such as.
1: Uh, there's something going on with your, your volume there, but I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and uh, uh, Melanie, you want to tell us who you are yeah. and where you're from and, and what, you, sure. uh, what, you, what you hope to gain by being sure. a part of it. Go ahead, Melanie. Yeah,
0: so Good evening, everyone. Like thank you for the invitation. My name is Melanie Banks, and I am the owner of a career development agency called I Apply For You. And my goal is to get um, people employed, to mentor them, and to coach them in their career development. And um, I met Dr. Kwaku through a colleague of mine. I am I also a manager of the Contra Costa Health Plan in Martinez, and I'm responsible for analytics and reporting to the state and paying our providers for seeing our members in the community. I'm also a public servant. I have a passion for um, individuals who are in poverty i am a proponent for social justice and that is why um, i want to be part of this group just to give back to the community and to provide resources to individuals who um who don't have them or who don't have access to them so that's just me and i'm i'm grateful to be here thank you uh
1: thank you once again uh, melanie we're still having some kind of uh um, static going on, Chief. And I'm not sure where it's coming from. Can you guys hear me all right? Yeah. I can hear you. I can just
0: hear something going on in the background. Yeah, there's
1: something going on somewhere else, because I don't have anything going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh And we have to quiet that down if we're going to be able to talk and, and, and everybody hear what's going on so that they can respond to it. What about now? Is it still going on now? No, it's clear now. Now it sounds okay. it's fine now. Mm-hmm. OK. Well, once again, I'll just reintroduce myself. My name is Dr. Nina Kweku. I'm a clinical psychologist. I work with families, but my major uh, process that I've been involved with for a number of years, and I'm not going to say how many years because I don't want y'all to know how old I am, (laughs) but uh, I've been involved with what I call the revolution for a long, long, long time and trying to educate myself and learn more about how we can come together as a, as a group and, and learn how to respect and understand where everybody's at, because everybody's not at the same place that you and I are. So, but you know, my goal is to connect up the dots. That's what we hope to do here at The Mothership is to connect up the dots to have people to come on and present information that they're doing and, and, and get support from the other people who are, are going to be guests on the show uh, I think Amos is going to be on uh, a little later I think she had a meeting today but uh, she is the director of the African Resource Center in uh, in Oakland so I wanted to just bring all of these people together and 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 deal with the issues of today as well as as is talk about what we need to do uh, futuristically in order for us to move beyond where we have to be on a con- be in a constant state of rage. And I think that Brother James Baldwin stated that he said any Black man or woman that wakes up in America and he's not in a state of rage, there's something wrong with him. And uh, as I'm sure <laughs> that all of you out there can look around some of your co-workers or people that you come in contact with every day and see them going through uh, this process of trying to become Americanized. And and no matter how American they become, they are never going to be acceptable to the people who think that they have the right to rule over other people. So, uh, you know, my thing is to do whatever I can to bring whoever together that needs to be brought together, uh, whether we do it through music, poetry. In fact, I have another brother that's going to come on has written about 25 books, uh, Hezekiah, and uh, this guy is a poet, but he's also uh, a, a motivational speaker. He, he t- teaches people how to let go of this, this whole Americanic, Americanic idea, uh, uh, which is a phallus. It's, it's, it, it doesn't exist. And that's why people are in so much trouble, because we keep shooting for something that th- it's not there. And so we have to ground our people, bring them back to reality, and get, try to get them to understand that that the only real solution for African people is to build, do nation building. We must have a national identity. You can't run around and say I'm a Jamaican-American, African-American or whatever American you decide you uh, is the order of the day, and then wonder why you're not being totally incorporated into that system. And we, we continue to have uh, lynchings such as the one that was in Georgia with the with the young man uh, Ahmad uh, Aubrey, who was shot down, hunted down in the street like a dog, and shot down by three crackers. And I mean, you know, I, I try not to get used too much, you know, language that might tend to upset people. But these were three crackers, and they might as well have had on Ku Klux Klan suit. And one of them was a former member of the sheriff department. And and it shows you the level of the the way these people think. They think that they have the right to hold justice on us, hold court on us anywhere, in the street corner, whether you're in the jail or whether you're walking down a dark street or whether you're jogging through the park. No matter where you are, you are becoming more and more endangered. The ones that are not, you know, sure, we have the black-on-black crime where we out there killing each other. Who create the uh, the the situations that, that, that jam us into these hotbeds where we are battling against each other instead of battling against the system that has, you know, dictated our situation in the first place? So it's, uh, you know, I could go on for hours and hours and days and days, and I've read lots of material, and I'm connecting with people all over the continent. And uh, I, one of the things I wanted the guys to talk about tonight is this new... Uh, uh, Twenty-seven countries out of the 50, fifty-four countries in Africa have come together, and they're they're sponsoring. A, 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 they're supposed to have some kind of cure for the coronavirus in in uh, in uh, Madagascar. Uh, uh, is there anyone out there familiar with it? Have you heard anything about it? That's for anybody. Anybody who have heard anything.
2: That's the first I've heard of it.
0: I have not. Well,
1: heard. Well I will send you guys an article on it, but I've been keeping up with it, but it seems that there's some roots and the chief and I were talking about that earlier today. There's a couple of plants that they claim that they have been testing and they've been having good results on it uh, for people for this year coronavirus. Now naturally, uh, I hope it isn't a situation like what they did to Dr. CB. you remember him? He was the guy that found a cure to AIDS and they tried to lock him up, you know, and they, it's almost like they don't want to accept science that's developed out of Africa by African people, so if they may block it or try to block it from coming here. I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, for 27 countries to to organize together to do the field work and the scientific development on this process, uh, it's worth uh, us looking at because. Every day we're getting all of this different information about who done what, who done what, and where was it done at, and how many different kinds of virus is it. And some people say this, this coronavirus goes all the way back to 212 and 213 and 214, and here we are, and, and 220, and they don't know how to deal with it. Uh, it, it. you know It's confusing, and I know it's baffling for the average John Doe that's already inundated with just trying to survive every day. So, uh, you know, just I just want to open the mic up and get other opinions about what you think about where we are as far as the coronavirus uh, thing is concerned and how do you feel about this? They're lifting the floodgates to try to run everybody back to work. I'm going to throw out something that I heard in the media today that they wanted to get people back to work because they don't want to pay people this unemployment anymore. And uh, so they're not really concerned about whether you're going back into an unsafe environment, and you you're subject to you get sick with the virus or whatever. Take it home to your parents or your grandparents or whoever. They're concerned about the economy. And so, what do you think that we should do as a as a group to stand up and rally against this kind of stuff? You know, I I, I would love to go back out there and do stuff. Of course, the kind of work I do calls for me to be in close proximity to people and engaging. And I can't do it because people are not going to come. They're, you know, they're afraid or they're very sus- suspicious about the whole process. So what do you guys think? Uh, let's, uh, let's kick it off here. Gregory, what do you think, brother? And then we'll get on to Melanie.
2: Um, well, of course, uh, it's as I thought over the years is that uh, this is all determined by uh the people that are running this country. mean, it, it controls everybody within our realm. And it's no different than it has been for 400 years. Now, my background is that uh, I know that uh, I didn't hear uh, Andre, I know that he said something about me, but I didn't hear exactly what he was saying. And my background is that I was, I and my family, were part of the original Black Panthers. So I've been fighting this for many years as well.
1: Yeah, I I, I know that, and I appreciate you, brother, because you've been very consistent and and just trying to engage people to get them involved in their own well-being. It's, I think it's people are so sometimes so inundated with all this different information coming from all these different sources, and people tend to not believe something unless they get it from their ne- next door neighbor, for whatever reason. You can blast it on the news, and they'll just be confused, ignore it. It's just like I was out today again today. I had to go out and shop and get me a little gas in my car and this guy like he was going to ride me home like I was a horse and I had to remind him that I deserve my space and the fact that he doesn't want to recognize his that's on him but don't don't invade mine and so people are still in a I don't care attitude or it's not it, this is this is not real or I don't think that I'm going to get it uh whatever whatever the mentality is that they're operating out of but it's uh, most of the time it's it, it's coming from a dark place of of A lack of getting, you know, the information that can be substantiated well enough so that people say, "Yeah, this is real." I can, I can go with that. So, and that's one of the reasons why I am, you know, you know, overjoyed to be working with T25 is that given the opportunity to vocalize and to communicate with other people in the community and around the world. As a matter of fact, uh, to uh, ascertain how we can continue to work together and i was really thrilled about the fact that if the story is true coming out of madagascar that 27 countries in africa are organizing and supporting this effort to to promote this herbs that they have found in madagascar that grows in that area that will cure coronavirus that is a good sign not just for the coronavirus but if 27 of them have organized i remember when malcolm went to uh uh, went to Africa the first time, and that was the first time that all those African leaders had came together uh, in a, I don't know when it was that they came together before, but when Malcolm into that, I think that's where he became a, a major threat uh, to the powers that be. Because when we organize as a group, and I see people are fighting back, somehow people are fighting back in China, they're fighting back in Britain, they're fighting back everywhere, is to collaborate come together and uh you know they can they can no longer a whole court over us or rule over us because you're not a minority we come from the richest place on the planet and yet we are the last one to be served at the table so uh this is a great format, uh, you know, to be be able to come to T25CL and and talk about these issues and and, and be able to, if not right now, rub elbows with people of like mindedness So I get boosted from that, and I hope that you get boosted and say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to stay connected. And one of the things I do, what I've been doing ever since we've been on this just so-called lockdown thing, is I spend most of my day. I'm probably working as hard as if I was on a job somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, communicating with different people That's in all, all parts of the country to see how we can connect up. Like, I have a, a brother that chief, I'm going to send that music to you, uh, after the show is over tonight. Uh, this brother out of uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and he's from uh, he's from uh, uh, Senegal, and he has some music that he wants to put up on our site. But not only that, they're working, they have a group back there in DC. Uh, where they are organizing african people they have uh, i don't know if any of you guys have heard of the sons and daughters of africa so, yeah well they uh, yeah well he works with those people and so trying to just bridge these gaps and support each other and i know that these people are, are, are down really down because i had just initially met them and my son passed away you know Uh, a couple of years ago. and But when I got home to to send my son home, all of those people came there to support me. I didn't ask them to come. They just said, we know that you needed us here, brother, and we're here. And to me, that just shows that I said, wow, I know people I've been knowing for 50 years. They didn't even call and and say, hey, I'm sorry to hear about your loss, but these people, who uh, connected with an idea of of us being working as a collaborative, as a people, as a nation, saw fit to pay homage to me and my son during our time of need. And that's what we need to bring back. We need to bring back that kind of reverence uh, to the forefront so that we can really start to have a major impact on uh, not uh, American society, but world society, because our people are scattered all over this planet. And they're scared to death when you hear them talking about y'all go back to Africa. They don't really mean that. <laughs> Believe me, they don't mean that because they—the last thing they wanted us going back to Africa and come together at least on a mental and spiritual level. They don't want us there. So that's where we need to be taking this this this, this trip to. All right. Uh, who else is on the line here? Oh, Melanie. Wait, what's up, young lady? Yeah.
0: Go Hello. ahead this is this is great to talk about. Um, I think there are varying sides of the coin. I definitely agree with you that there are some people who are taking it seriously. They're sitting and watching CNN all day every day and been being inundated by um, news about corona and then there are other people who are who don't care and they don't care about social distancing. I went for a ride to Lake Berryessa, and I was shocked to see people in the lake and you know having a picnic at the lake. So, you know, I just think that uh, there have been opportunities that have been presented because of um, Corona and then disadvantages. The opportunities for me, uh, for example, working in the health department um, for the county, there was never even an inkling of a thought of working remote. It just was unheard of. We didn't do that. You came to work every day, commuted, all of that. But because of the coronavirus, we've been able to transition and work from home. I'm able to check in with my team daily. I can you know verify their pro- their productivity. And I go to the office um, minimally. And um, when I do, I maintain um, social distancing protocols and I wear a mask, et cetera. I'm homeschooling at home with my two young children, elementary age children, so that's kind of difficult. But then on the other end, there are children who don't have access to Wi-Fi. They don't have a laptop because maybe their school district was not able to provide it. They may not have food. Domestic violence has increased since the shelter in place has happened. there are varying um, you know, advantages and disadvantages, so we definitely need to talk about you know, domestic violence, for instance. How do we reach those people? How do we still connect with individuals if they're scared to go outside or interface with um, professionals who can provide um, uh, the services and the resources that they need? Um, undocumented immigrants for instance i was working on a task force to develop um, in, an informational um, sheet to distribute to um, community members within the county if they had questions about you know insurance medical um, uh, if they wanted to enroll in um, uh, cali uh, what is it uh, covered california so um, there are things that need to be talked about, because this is going to be around for a while, it's not going to go away. But I think if we can still shelter in place and, you know, work from home and maintain social distancing, then, you know, that can still curb the, the apex of, um, of this and the risk of spreading, you know,
1: via yeah. social,
0: I mean, via, you know, oh, in, in interacting with others.
1: Oh, I I certainly agree with you on that. But there's a lot of a lot of other things that are happening. And I know that from, you know, I try to stay abreast of these varying opinions about the process of this Coronavirus and so forth. And, And what are people going to do if this becomes the order of the day? Because there are people out there now who are predicting that this is just the first one. And there's a bunch more out there. In fact, this so-called coronavirus 19 has splintered in so many different ways that they are testing people and they find that they have a different variation of it. So, you know, how you can't develop a vaccine that covers everything, you know, and and right now me, I'm skeptical of any kind of vaccines. And in fact, I worked uh, with a lady out of Washington DC to uh, support parents who did not want to have their children vaccinated because there's so many problems that exist with that. And I think it was one of the things I talked about on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago was um, people were getting shots for polio and they claimed that more people got polio from getting the vaccine than people who actually developed polio. Same thing with the measles. Same thing with some of the other. And see, this information is available for people at the World Health Organization website. or they available to some of those other uh, scientific development health uh, agencies. This information is available, but the average John Doe doesn't know it. So that's why they don't, yeah, they don't have time to sit down and read all this stuff and go to all these websites and research this stuff. So
2: we have a lot of the resources, uh, sources are, are shut down right now.
1: Yeah, they they do shut them down because when they find out the one thing about when they find out that people are interested in something, they shut it down. I, you know, one of the things that always was amazed to me and I, I was in the All-African People's Revolutionary Party and in, in Oakland back in the day, when you, uh, Greg, was probably in the Panthers and, uh, and people were, uh, they used to have, you know how they celebrate, everybody jump up and celebrate Black History Month. And yes. and, and we did some, some investigating and found out that they put certain Black history books Stuff about black history books in the library just during that month. And So when February is over, they take them out. What, you know, and you always have to be, you have to check out and verify these things. When they ask you to celebrate something or, or be a participant in something, you got to find out what, you know, what is their agenda behind it. So why wouldn't you want people to have exposure to this information and knowledge uh, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, just like any other library? which means one thing that they're trying to mold, manipulate the minds of the people is control. And Mm -hmm. we have nobody to blame but ourselves when you don't ask the question, you can't get the answers if you don't ask the questions. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we do a disservice to, and some of us do to our children, and I'm not saying everybody, and I don't want nobody to call me Oh, you don't know, But, uh, you know, one thing that kids will do is, is, especially when they're young, when they're two, three, four, five years old, they'll ask you a question every 30 seconds. That's what we are supposed to do. And we, as adults, have learned how to shut our kids down. Be quiet. I don't want to hear that right now. You talk too much. All these kind of things. And so we grow up having a mindset to keep our mouths shut. Uh, you know, only spoke when you're spoken to, this kind of mentality. And it limits people because if they don't ask the question, then they're not able to expand their horizons. And that's, we mm-hmm. need to do more of that, uh, giving people an opportunity to, to be open. And that's what I hope we're doing here at uh, T25CL uh, Entertainment. So, uh, yes, go and ahead. That, uh, is
2: especially, that is especially true for our ancestors, for our our elderly. Right. That the youth are taught to fight against uh, learning from our elders.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like we have thrown the elders away, and I'm not saying it because I'm getting to be an elder, but we tend to, and, and, and it was something that when I think about as as a youth, how we tend to not give uh, credibility to somebody once they reach a certain uh, plateau in, in, in age. You know, we keep forgetting that these people have been on the earth all this time. And even if they've made nothing but mistakes, they have some knowledge, you know, and we need to be listening to them. If we don't respect the knowledge base, if we don't respect where we came from, then we don't have anything to carry forth into the future. And that's why you have people who are disrespected women and everywhere out of their mouths is B's and H's and all this shit kind of stuff, because and when I was a kid, there is absolutely no way I was going to have say something out of my mouth like that in the presence of a woman, in the presence of women. Now, uh, I guess it's it's the this whole liberation thing that we went through. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, but we think that we should have the freedom to say anything, except when it comes time to stand up for justice, then we are quiet as a mouse. Anybody want to respond to that? <laughs>
2: Hello.
1: We've been very well trained. Well, Go ahead.
3: I for you guys, I mean, you know, because I get all kind of its messages and stuff. And I got uh, one message on my phone today. I haven't got to confirm anything out of Sacramento. Mm-hmm. That the uh, state of California is going to be shut down now for the next year. Uh, but this uh, I guess, doing business the way that we're doing, the shelter in place. Like, once again, I don't have any details. Somebody sent me a text. And I got another call a little while ago that um, that the Congress is proposing a $3 trillion stimulus bill and that we won't have to pay a mortgage or if you're renting, you won't have to pay rent uh, for one year. For 60 so days. Word I just got a few hours ago is for one year. One year? for mortgage, yeah. And uh, Congress is going to pass it, I think, on the Friday, and so then it goes to the Senate. So that Three trillion dollar stimulus. Yeah. Now, let's just say if all this stuff is true, that staying home for another year, you get the mortgage, you get
1: Chief, you I don't wanna interrupt you but you're you're fading.
3: I oh don't, I no, don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. What about now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you no. Okay. Do you guys think that there's a much bigger plan behind this? There's something else going on behind the scene.
1: Um, well, I yeah, I definitely do. Um uh, I, I just think that uh, And and people might see me as a conspiracy theorist because I study a lot of this stuff, but I just don't see how, uh, you know, what we're doing now may be the new normal that continues to escalate Uh, because I still believe and I studied the, the people who are at the top of this food chain who seem to be hell-bent on eliminating most of the people on the planet. They claim that this planet as it stands now can only support one billion people. Well, at present, we have what, 7.5 or 7.6 billion? And they're predicting in the next 20 years, we're gonna have like almost 10 billion people. And they said, there's absolutely no way. And when you start to do the research on the people who are behind the vaccines, who are behind the population control, and there are a lot of them, you're going to be surprised if you start to do your research and you see all these people who are involved in this so-called population control. Where did this idea generate from and why are they so, you know, they don't waste any time spending, uh, they spend lots of money trying to find ways to eliminate people off the planet and usually when they start to eliminate people, they start eliminating us first. Just like on the job, you're the first one to go. But, uh, you know, that's my opinion and, and we'll get other people's opinion, but uh, could you unplug uh, uh, Miss Phyllis? I think she's on the line there. There you go. Hello, Phyllis. Hello? Hello? Miss False, I see she's on the line. I'm not sure if she's hearing us or not. Well, then let's go until she catches up here. Would anybody else like to respond to that uh, question that uh, the chief put out there? Well, I
2: actually
1: need to hear, the, hear that again. Yeah, would you repeat, repeat that, chief? Okay, it's like a...
3: I heard earlier today, and once again, I don't have proof of it, but someone just sent me a text from out of state that they heard that the state of California is going to be shut down for another year. And also, um, I got a call a little while ago as well that Congress is being ready to pass a $3 trillion stimulus bill. And that in this stimulus bill, the big parts of it is. Uh, own a home, you won't have to pay a mortgage for a year, and if you're renting a home or an apartment, that you won't have to pay rent for And so my question was, is this creating a whole new paradigm shift? Are we getting ready to move into something totally unique, totally different, because something's got to happen after that 12 months. Somebody says, I'm going to pay your rent or your mortgage for 12 months. What happens after that period of the crash? So, Any thoughts on that? Uh, let's just say if things are true. It does Is the paradigm shift changing for a whole new global way of thinking that uh, with all these people being laid off or work nowadays in the central business. drifted um, drifting against the restaurants again, she- rest she- are, rest are taking a big, big hit, and so other small business. So go ahead so you guys have any thoughts on that. Well,
2: well it very typical very typical to uh, the history of this country in that things are a promise that they were they plan to not deliver.
1: Well, this thing, from what I understand, I'd heard some information similar to, the, to that, uh, Chief. Uh, wasn't sure about the limit. But it, it, this thing has to get through the Senate, too. It hasn't gotten through there yet. Right. And we don't know We don't know how that's going to work a out, But I, I have a feeling that if they're pushing this thing up there now, that there is some, you know, there's more collaboration going on between Trump and them and them other people over there in the Congress and the Senate than we we are, that, that's being let on because, I don't believe they would send something up there unless they had some real concrete ideas that there was a potential for it getting through. So, uh, and that's why I said, I think that this may be the new the new world order that we're heading down, uh, but at some point, what is the next step we should be asking? Because the next step okay. is if, 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 the, if the you know, let's say the, the, the economy of California is shut down for pretty much a year. Man, do you have any idea the damage that would be done to the economy by the time that year is up? So what's next? You know. So Well, I-
2: they are shutting people. They are shutting people down as well, just like yeah. uh, McConnell today told uh, Obama just to, to shut up.
1: Oh, they did?
2: Uh yeah, he did on the, on the air.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Uh, but, yeah, you got to, uh, I think we have to, we have to look at this stuff and start to ask questions, start to be more engaged and not get uh, caught up in our own little process of going to work and the work that we do. Well, I know that the work that we do is important. Every one of us do have done some important work. But there are things outside of your own initial uh, gravitas that you're involved in. You know, as more going on in the world besides me setting up counseling somebody about anger management or domestic violence or, or, family dynamics, although those are important issues because they they lay the groundwork for uh, to have people who are engaged, you know, who are, you know, seeking information to to better themselves. But what is the next step? And that. Is going to be if you think uh, people are living their lives in what and kind of like an unshaky uh, vein right now. What's going to happen at the end of a year, you know? And so I think that if that's true, and if they vote something like that through, then you could pretty much rest assured that there's a plan somewhere that this thing is going to be changed forever. The the America that we lived live in. It's going to be changed forever. Well, there's a whole lot of African people and other people who wish it would change. But uh, we're definitely going to get that change and, and how that change takes place and whether or not we are instrumental in the processing of that change is going to be the key. Because if I just have a feeling that if they're going to be paying everybody's rent for a year and all this kind of stuff and, and house notes, there's something worse coming behind it. So, uh, anybody oh, yes. else have, have any any uh, opinions on that? How about you? Uh, well, Phyllis is Aren't not me? there. How about you, Melanie? Melanie,
0: you know, too. I'm here. I'm here. To okay. be honest, you know, I, I definitely, um, w- I definitely didn't consider everything that you um, have just brought to the forefront, and it it gives um, reason to definitely think about what are the next steps? What are we going to do? How are we going to band together? What, um, is this really a different paradigm shift? And is this the way that life is going to be um, within a year? Um, what's that going to look like? And um, what are the next steps? It's a great question. And um, I'm open to listening to what everyone else thinks about um, about this well, travesty. This
2: Part of the first uh, steps for for history or throughout history is to silence people, because if if you can control the conversation, uh, if you can control what people can see, what people can hear, then you've got most of your battle won.
1: Yeah, well, you're absolutely right, because I know a lot of people have been sending me information. In fact, a brother sent me some information the other night, and he, he got suspended from uh, uh, all of the sites out there because they said that the, the his, his what he was talking about was hate speech or had the propensity to be about hate, and he was really just vocalizing how he felt about something. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I talk about the system and how white people have... Uh, Develop this uh, superior attitude and think that they have a right to disrespect the rights of others, and and so I guess a lot of what I say people could take it and say, oh that 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 guy hates white people or he hates that. I don't hate nobody. I'm out here trying to to love myself and to motivate other people to. You know, to, let's, let's focus on something else except for, you know, those trickets and, and things that they came and gave the Native Americans and they did the same thing in Africa and stopped going for the trickets and, and stay and hold on to the goal. Uh, we have to find ways to to engage our people and, and, and elevate their thinking process. And I'm not talking about you don't have to be a magician, but just your presence and your support. Or engaging another individual and in being in consistent dialogue about future things. And if you're not talking about but those what does things, that
0: look like though? What what does you, that look like in this in this time? Is it talking to our neighbors because you know it's word of mouth that gets yeah. around more in the community, or is it you know Zoom whatever it may be? What does that look like right now, and how do we sustain that?
1: Well, I I think that you know, like say, uh, Chief and I, we talk to different people every day. I talk to people in Nigeria, Ghana, and all these different places, Mm -hmm. and and I talk to people in Chicago, New York, Boston, Maryland. You know, every day. And what we are doing Mm -hmm. is is, is they are like we are. They are here scratching for for ways to engage and to get out people. And some of it is going to be word of mouth because people. Usually, listen to the people that they are closest to, and even if they don't necessarily, you know, make a decision based off of that, they tend to lean toward the 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 familiar. And so, we have to be as familiar as possible. We have to be receptive, and not only that, we have to, even though we're going to have people that have a totally uh, um, disbelief about our process because I know I'm an ordained minister and everything. And, and I talk to people about a lot of stuff and they say, man, you're a minister? And I say, yeah, it doesn't mean that I'm not spiritual. And I think that we, uh, especially as black people in America, we get religion and church mixed up with being spiritual. And and I get into those kind of conversations on a regular. And, and and every now and then I, I have a breakthrough with people and they say, oh, wow. Because what I tell people is, they, hey, don't listen to what Kweku say. Here's some stuff where you can go and research it for yourself, you know, and I guarantee you that if every one of us who ever picked up a Bible or a Koran, uh, uh, you know, uh, any of those books. If you did the research, your ideas and your opinions we, would be changing, would be ever changing. That's why, uh, you know, there's certain uh, passages in there like study to show thyself worthy. And in in, in ancient Africa where people had to stay, go to school and study for 40 years before they were allowed to teach in public. There was a reason for that. You know, you can't go to a four-year college and come out with the knowledge base necessary to motivate and encourage people. And, and if you look back at when we, before the schools was integrated, our kids were not failing in school. In spite of their poverty, they were not failing. Went to all Black schools. The 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 uh you know, the academic levels were very high. We had over two hundred historical black colleges. Now we have less than ten. You know, they have been wiped out because of integration and now we got all these people with all these degrees and we are still being lynched in the street. We are still being forced to to change Who we are and how we look. You can't be on TV because you got cornrows in your hair. You, you're too dark. In fact, I heard Denzel Washington on that talking about his daughter is a beautiful actor, but she can't get roles because she's too dark. Because you got people like Viola Davis and a few other, you know, dark-skinned, pigment uh, women who are getting old, But there's only a few. You know, and so we're in this year cocoon of trying to fit into something that we're never going to fit into. And I think that we, the only mm-hmm. way we can change that dynamic, we have to be constantly vigilant about engaging and and people like that need to know, can you imagine it's like telling a child every day that he's ugly or she is ugly. They soon they believe it. And even though a woman can be the most beautiful creature on earth as a beautiful black queen, when she gets rejected every day because of that's who she is, she starts to internalize that. Where people now, yeah now, of, yeah, now yeah, now, in, Africa, yeah, now, yeah, now in Africa, yeah, and now in Africa, yeah, now in Africa, the number one selling item uh, uh, in uh, in Africa right now is, is skin whitening cream. This shows you the the the, the in growth that has taken place, how they have manipulated the process to the point where um, people in America, do not they don't even want to be black anymore. They don't know what they want to be. We're Negro, we're African-American, we're black. And what are we going to be next? And all these well, changes.
2: We're, gonna, we're going to yeah. be what uh, McConnell just called uh, Obama today. He called him a boy.
1: Yeah. You'll always be a boy. And the guy said, I saw a movie one night and the guy says, well, here, I'm 100 years old. How old will I have to be before you call me man? You know, so we have to change that. And it may seem like a small, minute thing, but it's just like I used to work with kids, you know, severely emotionally handicapped kids. And I found out most of them were not severely emotionally disturbed. They just come from screwed up households. And the minute that they met somebody, a therapist or a counselor that really, you know, allowed them inside, allowed to express themselves and go through whatever process they need to go through, they started to get better. And so we have to provide the vehicles and be an instrument. Every time, hey, Dr.
3: Somebody- Phyllis has raise, her hand. Oh, raise. okay.
1: Come on, Phyllis. Hey, I'm glad to see you back with us tell us what's happening sweetheart phyllis
3: maybe have your phone on mute i don't have that. i don't have have no no Phyllis. has her hands up and writing notes so she's hearing everything.
2: Yeah. We just uh, can't we, hear we, her. Remember through, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, through all this process, you, we're dealing with the multimedia who control everything that you hear, everything that you see. And the idea is that they want to build on that. Just as right. they tried to silence uh, Obama today uh, and, tell, and tell the world that no uh, former president has ever attacked a, a sitting president, whereas George Bush did that before he died.
1: Well, but here's the other thing about that, Gregory. How is Trump allowed to criticize Obama every day of the week, but exactly. he's not allowed to say anything? You see what's going on here?
2: Well, not only that, but uh, his his former campaign manager uh, called uh, Michelle an ape or a monkey.
1: Yeah. And yet, guess what? Just like a little puppy, you can abuse a dog and and you throw a crumb on the floor, and he'll come running right back. We have to stop going back. We have to stop. uh, We cannot allow our women. We cannot uh, uh, disrespect our women. We can't disrespect ourselves. We can't allow our children. Because when you allow yourself to be disrespected, Guess what's happening? Your children are watching you. Your children are watching you. And it's going to determine. Copy. That's right. It's going to determine. They may not copy you. They may turn out to be something totally foreign. But that's the problem. You know, fathers should be the heroes of their sons. Michael Jordan and not Shaq. Mothers should be the heroes of their daughters and sons. Not uh, Halle Berry or whoever the next movie star, the next great musical artist is. And so they have turned uh, everybody into a nation of people who worship only the rich and famous, you know? And if you're not rich and famous, or you're not trying to be in that rich and famous uh, tier, people tend to look at you as if you're you're nothing. It's kind of like the same way uh, uh, I'm sure some of you guys know about the... uh, what was that? The Eugenics Society. Yes. Yeah, they were some of the initiators of this whole population growth, and they believed that people who were uneducated or if they were minorities, that they were not fit to live, and they didn't have, they didn't they didn't have a right to live. So they had no rights. And so when we allow ourselves to get caught up in this whole philosophy of, give me, give me, give me more and more. Can I live in this house? Can I go to this school? Uh, whatever. We get caught up in that, we lose the whole perspective of what community is. Because you can go into places now, and, and if you ask somebody, what is a community? Community, what is the, this the word the beginning? of commune means to be together, to operate as a unit. How many places do you know now that operate as communities? There are very few. There are very few. People live there. And it's just like I used to do uh, what they call, uh, we used to do back in, not I, but myself with along with a bunch of other people when I was in the party, we used to do block uh, organizing. We organized one block at a time. And we did this all over East Oakland. And you'd be surprised that most of the people in the block didn't even know each other. Now their kids might have known each other because they went to school, some of them. But most of the the generation, the parents and the people, the uncles and aunts and granddaddy, they didn't even know. So I don't know them people live next door. They lived over there four or five years ago. I ain't never met them. You know, so you can't call these papers commun- uh, communities. They're what you call hoods. And what is a hood? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're hoods. They're where people congregate and live, but they don't know each other. And so we have to bring back that psychology of, you know, being a communal neighborhood, a a person, not necessarily a religious person, but a spiritual person who believed that all humanity has the right to exist and deserves that respect. Did we ever get-
2: Or change the definition of hood.
1: Yes, exactly. Did we ever get through to Ms. Phyllis Chief?
3: She's trying another computer, even though we can still see her on the screen
1: oh yeah i know i, I could see her yeah so what do you think melody are you still with us
3: uh Melody, found
1: oh she did okay so who else do we have so it's just me you and greg and and phyllis
3: and phyllis to be tuning in mm-hmm. but yeah That's
1: it's uh done. yeah i had uh yeah i had heard something about that thing that you mentioned chief about that that bill is going up there. But I thought I read something online where it was for like 60 to 90 days. I didn't know it was for a year. And I do know they said it was going up to the, it was going to go up to the Senate. But man, that that really changes the the, the dynamic really a lot. When you think about when you think about people's rent and stuff being paid for a whole year, that means where is the economy going? And the, what is going to be the effects of the economy that has went into a total, uh, you know, a 1920s uh, Wall Street ball? You know what I mean? And and so, what's that going to look like uh, on a community level? What's that going to look like where you live at?
3: Well, because- man, we don't know what they're planning for us, you know. They are making some type of a plans to make this a whole new way of living. And we don't know the all, all of the inner dynamics of it is yet. Yeah. But uh, something is in, in the works, man. Something is in the works big time to make some major changes to how we are going to live, work, play, and uh, be it, might
2: be just, it might be just another process of uh, going to the gold standard. They'll control what the gold standard is. The gold standard could be a certain color rock. And well, we're, we're hearing color. that's
3: it's already started.
2: Right. Yeah, they'll it's be already that color anytime.
1: Uh, in fact, I just got a thing here, yeah, just a, a second, ago, no, a text. And the person asked this question, does everyone grasp that that reopen the economy means keep poor people from collecting unemployment and work sick or lose your job? This is not about freedom. <laughs> but if what you say, you know, that's, that's what I'm saying about getting these uh, confusing messages. I've heard about the thing, the bill going up there, but that's because you and I and some other people like us who are in this media process, we keep trying to keep up with this stuff. Most people don't even know about that, so they don't even, uh, they won't know it until it actually hit them in the head or if somebody tells them, hey, you got another check coming, uh, you don't have to work next week. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But they don't, they're not going to be doing the research. Here's
3: something else, too, Doc. That's why... It all started with this corona bug that's, that's out there. And don't get me wrong. I think that the corona bug does exist. But I think that they're putting it out there and they're going to get some collateral damage. 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 maybe even a million people might die in this process. This what they want. But I, yeah, but I believe that it's a cover, for something else. I mean, I was yeah, on I, a call right before your call started tonight. And if, if, if any of us get shot and go to the hospital
1: tonight and die, they're going to say that we died of the coronavirus bug. Uh, exactly. In yeah. fact, I've gotten several uh, messages about it. In fact, there was a doctor that was on, and I think they quit. Because a person died of something else, and they told him to put coronavirus on the uh, death certificate, and they refused to do it. So, right. and and what well, and I yeah. just
3: heard too. <laughs> what I just heard too. It's a money thing now. They're yeah. paying the hospital two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per person to to just say that they died of that bug. That's mm-hmm. what I just heard. I can't prove it now. I just heard that right before the show tonight.
1: Well, I, 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 you, we can't prove it, but we can only go by, if we see people quitting their job and quitting a field that they have worked all of their lives, uh, 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 they went to school to study this stuff, and they've been working, at, and they like what they do, and then somebody comes in one day and says, oh, hey, by the way, uh, I know that person died of a heart, uh, of a gunshot wound, but let's say he died of corona. Well, not only does that question put you in a disadvantage because, you know, first of all, you're getting ready to discredit your own uh, credibility, your ethics. Where does the ethics come in at? If a doctor will write a lie on a piece of paper or on a death certificate, or if if the nurses are told that you can't talk to the media. Now, I understand that there's a certain ethical and privacy stuff that needs to take place. But I think when something this, this stuff borders on Ill, uh, you know, legality. When you tell somebody on a job that they can't they can't talk about something, you're taking away their freedom of speech. So a lot of things are being infringed on here, and it, and right now it just begs the different. Which way and how far is this stuff going to go before the nation wakes up? and say, so, wait a minute. And in a lot of ways, when I saw those people out there saying we, we're going to open back up, we're going to open back. And one part of me wanted to say, yeah, they they have a right to do that. They have a right to do that. But the other part of me wants to question their the intellect if this thing is real. And so what they're doing is they probably have a lot more advanced than you and I are. They've made a decision. I, I'm going to take this information I got here, and I'm, this is what I'm operating off. If I die, I die. It was just like this this doctor, or somebody who said, somebody said, I just heard today on the news that some doctor had died who claimed that it was a, that that the coronavirus was a hoax, but then they put out that he died of the coronavirus now we don't know that to be true we have no way of verifying. but of course i'm sure you can't get into people's personal records and 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 validate this stuff but we keep getting these kind of messages and to me that's one of the major reasons why we should really be engaging and trying to you know separate fact from fiction and get and and put these varying opinions out there, and at least get people open up and engaged in discussing what's the future going to look like for m- my kids. Ain't talking about you if you're 50, 60 years old. What's it going to look like for your grandkids or their kids? Because well,
2: that's what they, we're uh, about. They already stated that, the, that it's killing off kids now.
1: Yeah. But what? who's going to be part of that billion that's going to be still left here? We're talking about right now we got 7.6 billion people on the planet, and they're afraid it's going to go to 10 billion by 2040 or 50 or something. And they're saying that the Earth by that time will not be able to sustain more than a billion people. So what you're talking about is killing 7 billion people.
2: Yes. Because that that's a great the history
1: problem. of America.
2: Great calling yes.
3: and they wanted to do that through your flu vaccine, other vaccination mm-hmm. and this one doctor she came over this even tours show and she met him at the airport flew in from south america the doctor and she basically said that they call this this plan is called the great calling and they wanted to yell off 6-7 billion people on the planet, and if you go to East Georgia and the Georgia Guidestone, and you can pull it up on your computer, and it tells you that they want to get the population down to 500 million people. And this is what Bill Gates Gates, and his group of billionaires are, are doing, and they're called globalists. And Oprah went to that last meeting that they had with a, a whole bunch of the globalists and told her, hey, here's what we're going to do we're going to start knocking some people down and she was so devastated mm-hmm. behind it and when she left the, the meeting she was throwing up in the hallway mm-hmm. you know yeah, a black women just don't vibrate on that type of thing well so you okay. know the, yeah, and Bill Gates
2: and Bill Gates' uh, parents were involved in uh, in genetics.
1: Oh, yeah, um, Bill Gates. I looked that up long time. When I started hearing tricklets about Bill Gates and his whole, uh, you know, this whole globalization and population control, I said, well, where did this guy get these ideas at? It's just like Trump. Where did Trump get his ideas at? But if you look at his daddy, it was a Klu Klux Klanner, you know, so apples don't fall far from the tree. You understand what I'm saying? If that was the dynamic or the philosophy that was going on in his household, that's where he got a lot of those ideas. And while he can scream all day that he's not a racist, the reality of it is he has uh, racist tendencies and he has brought all those racist type people into the government to help run the government so people can say all they want. the guy's not a racist and i listen to kanye west and all these idiots and this this one lady i don't know what her name is the new i call her the new tom that she's on every tv show out there now talking about black folks uh uh well, she was talking about this kid that that they shot when he was out there jogging down there in georgia yeah. And, and, the, and the kid wasn't breaking into a house. He walked through an area where a house was being built. You know, you've been around construction and he walked through there. And, and well, she no,
2: came. Not only on. that, just the, uh, the people that were filming his whole process of, of the murder. Yeah. You couldn't but, get those shots unless you knew where to move.
1: Exactly. But not only that, this sister is out there trying to promote the idea. That the, the the guy was not innocent because he had no business walking through uh, a construction site, mm-hmm. and all this shit kind of crap. Where do they find these people at? That you know, she is beyond. She's a young sister too. She can't be more than thirty years old. But she has become the front person for Fox News and all them other. Uh, they don't have to put the clowners out there now. They got her out there leading the charge. You know.
2: So well, this is this is no different than what they were taught for be, uh, for becoming a Nazi, right? This is all the same uh, philosophies,
1: exactly. But uh, did we get Phyllis un unclocked there, uh, Chief? Mm-hmm. Hello? She's still there. Yeah, yeah I see on yeah. the only thing, but I wonder why she can't get a mm-hmm. sound. Maybe she does. When is she? Is she on the computer? On the she? Yeah, no, she can't. yeah uh, she's on the computer. Well, she probably doesn't have yeah. a microphone uh, turned on.
2: Yeah, and you just have to look back at uh, with the Bush family. I mean, you you had people that were part of uh, the concentration camps, part of experimenting on humans.
1: Well, for me. Daddy Bush was number but a drug dealer. Him and Noriega, them was all in the uh, CIA together or when they were selling arms oh, yeah. for, for, for drugs and all that kind of stuff. So if you're a drug dealer, you're a drug dealer. I don't care if you all did come from a rich white family. and And so yeah. these people have no scruples about other people. And they only do what's necessary for them to advance whatever thing that they're trying to advance to. You know, like a lot of those mm-hmm. kids that come from families like the Kennedys, the Johnsons, uh, the Bushes, mm-hmm. they come from where they raise their kids up with the idea that one day you're going to be governor, then you're going to be president, and this kind of stuff. And they don't uh, raise well, them up. And they don't necessarily have the scruples to be there. They just know that they are in the. They have the money, they have the power they on, the, on the end what they call the inside with with those kind of people and they can rise to those levels. Uh, uh, you know we have to look at these things and stop looking at these people as if you know if, if they were Christians or something. I mean what you know these people have have about as much when I read the Bible and that's not my forte necessarily and somebody is, is talking about they're a Christian and they don't have no problem with murdering people. I was looking at a picture before I come on the air. Well, white people used to have like Friday night hangings. Yeah. And they
2: would they were called and, picnics.
1: Yeah, and they would have their kids out there to show them what it was like. And I, and and there was several things going on. It was number one, you can understand why they feel the way that you about you that they do. First of all, you're not human. So I don't have no grounds or right to have to respect you. And so when they we look at them and we think, well, why aren't these so-called people, liberal-minded people, stand up and say something when Black folks get murdered? Because it's out of sight, out of mind. Hey, it doesn't affect me. I ain't got nothing to do with that. And I used to hear Black folks say that years ago. Well, he ain't had no business out there. Black kids would go out there and get hung and beat up and all this stuff. And black folks would be able to tell my well, if he hadn't have been where he was, they wouldn't have hung him. In other words, they wasn't making an excuse where the victim the victim becomes the the the, 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 the perpetrator. What it, Yeah. You know, and we do that to ourselves and then we cry when they do the same thing to us. We have a total and they, used
2: they used to celebrate it. And yeah, they would bring the family out, and the gathering for the hanging was called a picnic.
1: Yes, and they would actually barbecue them while they was live. And yes. I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, how in the world can we uh, take any any keys from people who would stoop so low as to do that, and to this day uh they still say they don't owe anybody apology but right now those so-called uh the people who should have been tried for treason that rose up against the government was those southern states that brought on the civil war those people should have been locked up for treason and now they're fighting their butt off to make sure that that history is is uh is relocated on the same level as the, you know, the uh, union well, states. that's
2: just like, just like they, tr- they tried to convince us that the South lost the war.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you, you're absolutely right that they, they didn't lose the war because the reality of it was that back then you know, voting rights and all that stuff was different. If you didn't own any property, you couldn't vote. So those white folks that were in the South still was controlling the Congress and was controlling the Senate. In fact, it, at the time, slavery was really operating. The, the Democrats was in power mm-hmm. uh, when this was all going on. And how many of them, when you start to look at these guys' records and you read do a little research, you find out how many times they voted against freeing the slaves. And not only that. You look at uh, uh, what I see. Phyllis is back up again. There. Mm-hmm. On, on two of them, <laughs> yeah.
3: Phyllis, you're unmuted. Are you there now?
4: Okay. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. You? Can you hear me? me?
2: Yeah. We
1: you?
4: Okay. Thank you. Finally.
1: <laughs> well, thank yeah. you for. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I just think. We're glad you're back, and I, I'm, I'm glad you had a sex, uh, 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 a, a really uh, successful surgery, and yeah, we need you back on the, on the, on the grind here, because things are getting ready to get deep for people all over the world. So how are you doing, fellas?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I am doing I- much better. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you've met Greg. I was Greg. trying to
4: see. I don't I know. I don't, don't know.
1: Well, why don't you just- uh, I don't tell, believe so. Yeah, why don't you just say a little bit about yourself and what you're doing, Phyllis, and uh, so th- some of the, the new people can find out who you are.
4: Thank you. Uh, well, my name is Phyllis Folks, and I am the founder of Bob's Bus, which is Black-owned businesses. And what we do is offer grants and loans to the small businesses with profit so that we can help them to gain stability in the within the community um but i love this conversation because you guys are addressing a lot of the challenges that i'm having within our own community we want to run around and point fingers but we have to kind of look at ourselves because um it has been quite the struggle just to get people to do what they need to do to qualify to get free money but they run around talking about the stimulus check and they're going to buy their michael jordan shoes and not reinvest into the neighborhood and you're right i don't know who said it but yeah we really much pretty we're all pretty much living in the hood right now as opposed to a neighborhood and um i would any well, ideas and thoughts on how to create that change
2: well if you check into it they will probably buy uh the
1: for you okay. Uh, what was that, Greg?
2: <laughs> if you look into it, they will probably buy the Jordan shoes for you. Just to make sure that it's still, prom- still promoted.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things yeah, that, uh,
2: as,
1: as you know, what we were trying to do and we are continuing to do, we're not trying to do and We're doing it. We're we're organizing and we're organizing people globally. We're not, we have people on tonight, but we'll have people on here from uh, different parts of Africa, New York. Chicago, everywhere on, on different weekends. And, and, and the objective is to build those bridges. Yeah, this is like our infrastructure that we're working on now because uh, we have to turn those hoods into communities. And we have not just a, a local community, but a global, uh, a nation community. Because unless we think on that level, we 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 really don't have the resources you know to be able to combat all this stuff that we're going to have to deal with. We can defeat this enemy, but we can only do it if we're together, which is more important and more reasons that they need to keep us disbanded, disorganized and and under the and under mm-hmm. the guns, under the stress of of just a survival versus you know getting up every day with a positive attitude about who we are and and becoming a nation. You know, one of the things that I think one of the most important things that we are lacking as Black people, and that's globally as well as here, is that we, we lack national identity. You know, because I don't know what an African-American is, I don't know what a Negro is, I don't know what a Black is, I don't know what none of those things is. What is your national identity? You know, and I think that's one of the reasons why these uh, they ran this game down. I thought about African-America. Now you're supposed to be, uh, you have an identity. You identify with America, but America doesn't identify with you. And so we need to create our own uh, identity foundation so that when, you know, when it's necessary, when we're in trouble, when we need to support each other, all we got to do is pick up and use the the media outlets and use whatever media access that we have to connect each other up and say it's time for us to go to work. You know, because they talk about a million man march. We could have a million man march anytime we want to, but we have to be able to communicate. We have to understand that we have a purpose, and the purpose is not to march in D.C. and stand down and sing hymns. Uh, somebody sent me a thing, and I don't know, did you get it, uh, Chief? Uh I, I think about Martin Luther King, and I don't use this kind of language, but uh, uh, only thing Martin Luther King said, yeah, I told you to march, but not forever. Uh, stupid fuck. <laughs> I mean, he said, I didn't mean for you to be marching forever. That was supposed to be for just yes. a short time.
2: It's a,
3: it it's a short walk.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to be a short walk, and now we're supposed to be moving on to the next uh, level. I see you yes. on that. If you're looking like you must have went upstairs and took a shower in the in the in the, in the uh, uh, gentleman's quarters, huh? No, yeah, see
3: Phyllis got all pretty and everything. So man, I I had to go and do stuff. <laughs> okay. I was kicking back for a minute, and Phyllis jumped, turned the camera off the so mm. third I, I had to sit up straight and everything
1: oh okay
4: well, I thank, you. thank you i feel very, i feel very welcome but yeah, you sure. know i actually do have an idea on how we can come together because um when i was going through my challenges even with business owners especially with business owners i had to just um learn how to um not panic but pivot and those like Dr. Kweku and those who are the guests on the show, if we can use this radio station as a platform, a lot of people love to talk about themselves. So if I can get the leaders and the business owners to be a guest speaker on this show, but with a contract that says they're going to have to have at least 10 people viewing the show. So if we have five speakers in a so what do you, you you guys stream every tuesday so f- four people in a month but they have to commit to having at least minimum 10 people view in on this show then we can start to um by repetition share what we need to do so that we can stay focused so that we can stay together so we can iron out whatever our problems are and I like um, what that was said about Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah, we are still walking. We should have been sitting down a long time ago. He had a dream, but it hasn't come to the complete realization. But we have that opportunity right now to do that. But we have to reset our our mind. Um, we're mentally blind, so to speak, right mm-hmm. now. But those who actually mm-hmm. have a vision, I believe it's
2: ours. Well, one of the it's things that we're not aware of is that uh, Martin Luther King was, was murdered because he was actually in the process of working out uh, details with the Black Panther Party to become a member. So if you yes. can imagine what would have happened if he had become a member.
3: Well, he, well, was also
4: that,
2: Elijah
3: Muhammad too. he had two meetings with Elijah Muhammad. And after the second meeting, that's when he came out with the speech. I've gone to the mountaintop now and seen the other side. And it's glam. He had to go right after that. Because he was ready to come to the nation as well, too. Yeah.
1: But they were able
4: to disband that. But we need to recreate another one that, you know, not so militant, but we really need to create um, our own a platform to get us the rest of the way. We're almost there. But but look at what happened to the, to the young man in Georgia. And now I heard somebody is co-signing that he shouldn't have been where he was at. So that justifies his killing. We have to really change the way that we think and do things. We have to. And those of us who have the open mind to do that, we're obligated. And I had to learn a little bit of patience because I was like, you know what, let me just leave y'all alone for a minute. But I cannot. I cannot rest because our people are me and we deserve to have the same opportunities as everybody else.
1: Mm. Right. We, we, we mm. shouldn't have mm. uh, You know, I look at all these things that people do. Now, I have people contact me. i tell you, how should I t- tell my son to interact with the police? Or, how should I tell my son to interact? Wait a minute. Why do mm-hmm. we have to put forth another presentation to be you know, manipulated by them. Why are we, te- I'm not teaching my kid, i tell my kid to stand up for yourself, use your brain, use your brain and know when, what, where you're at, know what position you're in, you know? Which is, it was pretty basic when I was a kid. My daddy would tell us, I know me and my brother go out and we get in a fight and it, and we went but two us in our family and we get in a fight with somebody that had 10 brothers and sisters. He said, how about I told you guys, hey, you don't go out there and jump on 10 people. You wait till you get them when they're not together, you know, and, and and that's a that that simplifies it. But the reality of it is, we don't prepare our kids and young people to make decisions about life. You know what I'm saying? And we we can and we have to emulate that. We can't just talk. You know, we can't just. Michael said we got to say it plain. We got to say it and we got to do it. We see it, do it, and allow them to see it this is how they develop their ability to to interact with the world but when they see us running around being cowards and uh this one brother came on and he preached man he was raised he was holy mad when they shot that boy down but he said we are nothing but a bunch of cowards if we set still and allow lynchings to go on in 2020 and then let some uncle tom black person come on the air and convince us that the victim is responsible for his own death where are we going Who are we?
3: I got one question for you guys. Anybody can answer the question. This brother got shot back around February 20th. How come he just now, the two perpetrators are just now going to jail? And how come the third one that was shooting the video wasn't arrested as well?
1: Well, the first part of it, I can talk to some of that. The the guy, one of the guys, the, the father... He was on the police force before. He was a retired police officer. So when the chief chief found out that he was involved, he recused himself. He refused to charge him. How do you recuse yourself if you're on the police department when a crime has been taking place? I don't don't understand that question. But then the second one they brought in to do it, he recused himself too. So I'm thinking they must have all been at the Klan party the night before drinking beers. And, you know, they're going to support each other. And then they they had to send this to another department, and I'm hoping that they can move it out of there because if that's the attitude there, what kind of trial do you think it's going to be when it's going to be predominantly white folks? There may be all white folks on that jury. These
3: no, guys, to they, they got to try them as a federal hate crime. Oh, they
1: you are. See,
3: oh, they they're have white. to. Those cats will be out of jail tomorrow
1: if they had a trial in Georgia. Did they
4: identify the video, uh, the videographer? The one who took yeah. the video,
1: did they yeah. identify him yet? Yeah, they've identified him. But my thing is, why haven't they arrested him? Because this whole thing, when you really started to correlate the stuff, it looked like it was a planned thing. You guys are going to hunt him down and kill him. It reminded me of a movie that was out uh, where Ice-T was in, where they took this brother out in the woods. And they told him, to said, run. If, we, if you get away, we, you, you, you got your life. And this reminded and me a, of this. Yeah.
2: And it's a right very there. simple process. It's, uh, it's very easy to identify what he was doing and why he was there, because you can't follow somebody that
1: closely with a camera
2: without understanding yeah. the process and the direction that they're moving.
1: And, and so I heard that they were thinking about, they were making some moves to arrest this guy too, because as I see it, based on my limited information, this guy's an accessory to murder. Yes. He is not a videographer, he's an accessory to murder. And so they need to be screaming for him to be in jail right down there with him and be tried with these guys, you know.
2: And there is some talk about that.
1: What was that, Greg?
2: There is some talk about that.
1: Yeah, I, I, un- but that's how that he was following yeah. around.
2: Yeah, well, I,
1: I, I, I want him in jail. I, I don't, you know, I don't want, I'm, you know, I'm, I go back to the Old Testament on him, you know, an eye for an eye, a two for a two for he, They kill one eye. We need to kill one of theirs, you know, but we have to think at a level that really where we can engage the masses of our people, uh, you know, because we are not killers. We are not warlike people. We've always been a spiritual uh, community connected people. And so that's right. But they and they are counting on that and they have pushed us and and and, you know, white folks, I remember as a youngster, they sit back and laugh when they think that I can't believe that Those Negroes took that, you know, because mm-hmm. if the, if the table was turned, they'd be out hunting us down like we were dogs, like they're doing anyway. You know, so we have to, we have to really elevate our thinking to be more receptive and accepting of ideas of how do we get justice for our people.
2: We need to develop a philosophy that says we shoot back.
1: Exactly, and and I told people we need to have militias, we need to have people who are studying, who are legal minded. We need to have our own thing, militias in in our communities driving around of following the cops. If they come in our community, they need to be there, not as, you know, like when somebody got a phone up trying to take pictures of them doing stuff, but we need to be geared up and have the the, the, the infrastructure in place to magnify everything that they do until we can get them out of our communities. And I tell you one thing that the Black Panthers did, uh, Gregory, up in uh, Connecticut, you know, that was mm-hmm. one of the, a lot of people, when they think of Connecticut, they don't think of Black Panthers. But their, oh, one of their no. main headquarters was in New Haven. And I remember I was there uh, one while when uh, the the black people had been asking for new schools and books for the kids. And they, every year they voted against it because the white folks was the ones who was on the council downtown and everything. So what they did was they the black Panthers went in and blew the schools up and burned them down. They had to build new schools.
2: Now, well, my uh, my brother was one of the ones that uh, that opened up and trained the officers for uh Chicago and for Connecticut.
1: Oh yeah? Yeah yes. cuz uh, people don't know it man I went to Connecticut I was shocked and uh, in New Haven they had a black panther office on every corner. <laughs> you know and but they, you know, the one thing, you know, the Panthers were one aspect of the movement. You had uh, uh, Kwame Ture, who was the All-African Revolutionary Party. You had Rap Brown. You had all these different fractions. You had Martin Luther King. You had Malcolm. So you had all these forces coming at these people. So they was forced to choose the lesser of all the evils that they felt like that was Martin Luther King until he got wise, and that's when they killed him. You know, so. Um,
2: I was, uh, I was actually on the, uh, the FBI's 10 most influential list, which, which was a hit list, along with the the big, bigger, big, bigger people that were murdered by them.
1: Well, you, you may still be on that list, Gregory, because they got A.G. Barr. Yeah. <laughs> ba is up there and he is a changing lord. I was listening to him the other day. I, don't, I listen to these guys because it's not so much what you hear them say is their whole attitude. And they asked him, said, what do you how do you feel about uh the way history is going to write you, you in here uh, helping people to get away with crimes and all this stuff. You know what he said? He said the winners are the ones who write the history. That's so he was like, <laughs> so we have to be conscious about all those kind of things and that not being a part of history, but but rewriting history. We can only rewrite history if we are the initiators of the events that are taking place. But Phyllis, I am so glad to see you back up on the bus you know, when we're going to have to get down as soon as they allow us all out of here and, and do something down there in Sacramento. Uh, are you in contact with uh, uh, Bishop Bradford? Your, your sound has been. Uh, eight, I you oh, Okay, you, Try it again, though Dr. Uh, Bradford? Yes. Yes. Yeah.
4: Yes, he he is still plugging away just like the rest of us. Um, but I really would love to see who I would need to talk to is it you, doctor, to use you as a platform for the um, for the community members, the leaders, so that we can all collaborate and come up with some viable ideas, such as what I'm hearing tonight. Um, especially on how we're going to train our children to be safe out there and right. not have to shuffle our feet just so we won't get shot. Correct. As well as um, yeah. I believe that we can remedy our own problem by generating um, wealth within our community. We could really be the Black Wall Street. And then anytime they'll be afraid to um, come with their guns and all of that because they know that we have power behind us but we have to retrain the way our entrepreneurs think. We have to get them up out of the field and elevate them to the mental of the CEO position. And I would love to use this um, radio station as a platform, if um, if allowed.
1: Uh, I want you to be uh, by all means that uh, this is the this is the foundation right here for us to be able to administer, to teach, uh, to come together. That's and, and and just yeah. remind people that we don't all have to agree on the, the, the whole process, but we do have to have the discussion so that we can, you know, the same way that Congress or the Senate does. We have to come together and say, okay, we disagree on this aspect of the bill, but this part of it we're moving forward with. And so we have to learn exactly. how to do it. Yes, by all means. And, and you it's know, energizing
4: you need... and empowering when we come together regularly, not just by chance, but regularly commit to coming together so we can hash out what's on the table until we find a solution and then execute that solution, making it um, a little bit more easier for our children so that they don't have to go through these same struggles that we're still dealing with that Dr. Martin Luther King was trying to fight for.
1: You're absolutely right. Yes, uh, there's some other people that we go. You're going to get introduced to, and what we're trying to do is to bring Oakland and Sacramento and Richmond, because there are people in all these areas to come together and formulate a, 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 a process by which that uh, we'll be able to respond to any situation that takes place uh, here in our geographical area. But at the same time, uh, you know, we're working with people up in Portland and, and Washington. And uh, in fact, uh, the Bishop uh, told me to tell y'all, Andre, that he his, his father passed away a couple of days ago, so he's down in North Carolina visiting, but they'll be back on the show next week. Uh, but we have people who have been consistent and who are fighting these battles every day, and we just have to find a way to coalesce this whole process. And by all means, uh, you know, my, my door is always open. My phone is open. And uh, let's do it, Okay. Right. Okay.
4: That sounds good. I'm going to have to chime off now. I've been up since 4, and um, I'm closing my doors, and I'm going to have some fillers time. <laughs> but it was yeah. nice meeting everybody, and yeah. I'll see you next you Tuesday. So quick, um, right. I will be calling you so we can flash out a little bit more of the details, okay?
1: All right, dear. You take care. Okay.
4: Take care.
1: Bye. 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 All right, All right uh, uh, Dr. Dre, uh, you know, let's wrap it all right. up. <laughs> let's wrap it
3: It's all new. It's been a good
1: show, and, uh, and
3: this is the way we do it. You know, we just got to get the process of duplication going. And mm-hmm. and like Bill said, you know, I'm the table with 10 people, and that's the way we get started. And we're also working on that list. Uh, right. Being in space, the one we talked about a couple of weeks ago, a registration uh, list. So uh, hopefully we'll get that wrapped up uh, this week. So we can put it up on the website. So we just want to start a, a following list of uh, professional people, who have businesses, whatever field of endeavor that they're into, and so we can start our own uh, trading network right here inside the confines with 2 25 cl So we're working on the list, and we should have this thing
1: together uh, this week. And we'll have it all, right, on, on the website. And all right, brother. All right, brother. Thank you. And- uh, thank you again, chief, and thank you, uh, Greg. For coming mm-hmm. in it and and being a part of this whole thing, and uh, I like I say is let's just keep it moving. You know, I'm I'm energized. The more they they better not keep me locked up in the house. I might create a, a bomb or something up in here. <laughs> but I'm ready to go. I can't just wait to get sure out of here. <laughs> you know, I can make sure that be...
2: when you do that, you
1: point the direction of, correctly. Uh, oh, I, hey, I I, I was going to say something, but I don't want to get T two five in no trouble here. <laughs> they <laughs> might be watching us right now. But anyway, brother.
2: thank Thank
1: you. Thank you, guys, and I appreciate you, man. Hotel. Good night. Good
2: night. Good night. All right. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you What do you do when you win?